Welcome to This Is Not About Your Body, where we talk about all the real shit body image issues are actually about because they're never just about the way you look. I am your host, Jesse Nealon, and today I have with me one of my oldest and dearest friends. This is David Deerstein, and David and I met in, I think, the seventh grade at a local theater production where we grew up, which was upstate New York. And we've been friends ever since. He came to prom with me. We did a year-long dance intensive program after high school together. We auditioned for colleges together. Uh, We were even roommates for a while during the handful of years that we both lived in New York City. And David was also one, uh, he was my very first friend actually to come out as gay. And he has played a hugely significant role in my own journey of examining and dismantling the queer and transphobia that I was conditioned with. So I figured it was only appropriate to have him on here during Pride Month to talk about all things queer. So welcome, David. Yes, with eight S's as is is dictated in June. I'm so thrilled to be able to chat with you. And I'm so also gushing with how proud I am of you in this month and in your journey and the release of your book and and everything. I'm, I'm just... I've been listening to you tell me your story on the book on Audible. And I'm oh, just that's like, awesome. Oh, man, this is really, really freaking cool. So I'm really excited to be here. And I think we're really uniquely positioned as well. Um, it's such a different world for queer youth. And it's such a different world for queer elders as we are vastly yeah. becoming ourselves <laughs> too. Everybody buckle up. This is a queer and- millennial episode. Yeah, exactly. Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> also, so thank you for the just, plug. I'm just going to let everyone know my book, Body Neutral, oh, is so out. Sorry. You can buy it anywhere. You can buy it on Audible. Yeah, no, that's totally awesome. Un- totally unplanned. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so David, I'm going to have you start by just telling me a little bit about your own queer journey. Like, when did you first identify? Actually, before I even ask that, how do you identify gender and sexuality? He, him, completely very gay. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> and tell me about your story a little bit, like when you first knew you were gay and what that was like and what that looked like. I don't think I had a very, or or I think everyone thinks their journey is like super unique to them, but like, I really don't remember this aha moment of, oh my gosh, I'm gay. Like I remember maybe dilly-dallying around like the underwear department of Kmart a little like longer than some of the other boys (laughs) you know and being like there's something here um but you know I always remember having a lot of affinity for girls but always being very sexually charged for men but I didn't I I wouldn't I didn't have a name for it I did growing up upstate I didn't even realize you could be gay I didn't know that was a thing that people got to choose to do I mean I don't think I I think it was like a television show it, it must have been Roseanne or yeah. something like that that was like the first time I had ever seen a same-sex kiss and right. my family I'm very lucky my family has always been incredibly supportive and been my biggest cheerleader and I'm truly 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 so appreciative of them so it was never like uh don't this isn't allowed in the house but it's just like if you don't know the vocabulary you don't know not like that thing doesn't exist if that word doesn't exist for you. So I just didn't, yeah, right. And I just didn't have that. I think it wasn't until I found my first like major relationship at 18 where I was, I mean, there, so getting into it, I guess this is the question, right? And so like 
we were dating and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, like it's, of course, it's the thing of the struggle of coming out and it's, it, it's, a, it's, um, it's an evolution, but also it is a little steamy, sexy to like have a secret thing that only you and one other person. So it was sure. traumatic and, and obviously like very challenging, but I still kind of look back at it a little fondly. And we were like, we were lovers and nobody knew and yeah, we were yeah. living in secret, which I mean, in and of itself is like, programming of like romancing being not authentically yourself yeah but I still remember I still have like those kinds of like um moments but it was 18 where I had to come out I, I wouldn't have chosen to come out but like his parents had figured out that we were together and they were gonna call my parents and they were gonna try to press charges <gasps> so yeah do you I don't think I, I'm not sure I don't know I, I mean, it was so like at the time I, I can like talk about it very, very comfortably now, yeah. but even with my close friends, like I don't, I feel like some of people in our circles probably don't even know this. So anyway, hi guys. Um, <laughs> and, and I, so I had to come out to my parents on father's day and I had to be like, I, I remember saying I'm gay and I don't want to talk about it because I was just, I felt like I was being, <laughs> I was being like forced out of the yes. closet by circumstances that were, I didn't choose. I didn't even really know how to talk about it myself. Right. And then I'm being forced to like, you guys are going to have questions and I love you, but also this is very right. annoying for me because like, I don't, does that mean you'll never like girls? I don't fuck it. I haven't liked them yet, but yeah. maybe, you know, like, I don't know how to answer your questions because I don't even know what they are yet. Totally. Um, and in retrospect, I feel like maybe I robbed my family of their accepting process or delayed it a little bit, hmm. you know, like they never got to have the chance to be like, yay, you're gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, everyone don't talk to me about this for- <laughs> you know, probably about a year or a year and a half. Um, wow. But that's kind of, yeah. But I think all of that is like very, very, that's like very tea for upstate. Would you agree? I mean, oh it wasn't my God, like- absolutely. I literally wrote down a question to be like, so we come from kind of a homophobic conservative area. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. What was that been for you? <laughs> or false? Uh, true or false? I think true. I mean, I think so many things were- were normalized for us in terms of the way that we saw race and the way that we saw um, our bodies and ourselves in that way, like yeah. all, all different things. Obviously, I like contextualizing this. I think that it's very, at a very early age, I realized, oh, I have to get out of here. And I don't, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm very thankful that I did, but you are the community you surround yourself with and the environment you surround yourself with. And I'm curious yeah. to know if I would be as like happily queer as I am today, if I yeah. was still there, I would still be queer because I am queer, yeah. but like, I don't know if I'd be very happy about it. Right. Um, That's an interesting thought. And you know, I don't know that it ever really even occurred to me the relationship between my own queerness and that desire to leave 
my hometown was much smaller, much more conservative, probably much more homophobic and less diverse than yours. But like, yeah, you guys, you guys came to our town to go to the big city, you know, yeah, basically. We're also, going to Applebee's, baby. I tell that's true. Literally, guys, Shout we went to Applebee's, Applebee's a lot. Um, <laughs> I tell this story sometimes where I'm like, we had such a lack of diversity and representation where I grew up that there was one bisexual girl in my entire high school and everyone thought she was doing it for attention i legitimately to this day don't know if it was real or not but like the narrative in my high school was that she was just like slutty and wanted attention yeah and and i i also remember the queer kids in my school and yeah like what trailblazers thank you so much for dyeing your hair oh my god right because i was in the corner being like Thank you. But also I'm not as brave as you. Yeah. Right. You know, I can't, I can't do what you do. So I am curious in this story, you never really came out to yourself. You just had a boyfriend. So like, when did you come out to yourself? Was it while you had a boyfriend? I think, I think so. I mean, I guess I'm doing it on this podcast. Oh, I'm gay. Guys. Yeah. No, <laughs> guys, um, you know, that's relations. Really Thank you. We are very happy. (laughs) Um, But that was probably like in college, I would say. I I can't pinpoint the time, but like I was very. So it was after your first relationship that you like fully said it to yourself. This is what. Well, because when you're dating in the like, you don't have the you don't have the privilege to like do the do the hand holding thing out and about and right like claim your stakes yeah. as an authentic something human yeah. person human. so like they're human exactly yeah. and so there was no opportunity to say like I think it was probably my first pride it was is probably like my wh- whenever I might have gone to my first pride or whenever I might have put on my first gay t-shirt or so- like something that was mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. I'm in public and I'm gay and I remember walking past like walking it was right before I moved away to college and I was like walking somewhere doing something and this guy out of his truck yelled faggot at me and I remember being like very proud about it I remember being very like yeah I am Ah. and I feel so it must have been around that time but it was never definitive like I never got I never treated myself to that I guess and Mm. I think that that is probably something a lot of queer people in our generation and ahead of us have also like not had the privilege to do um and probably has also been part of why we maybe so like chose paths that sometimes associated with like less than savory characters too like our right. whole per, our whole persona was treated like you know like obviously the tropes of like oh it's it's going to be a hard life and yeah. like you know who you associate with and those things so when society is telling you it's going to be a hard life and you're probably going to like hang out with some really creepy people then as a queer 17 year old 18 year old you're you're like oh that person is kind of shady but seems cool and is gay I guess I I'm supposed to go hang out with this person I, yeah. should, I shouldn't be hanging out with okay because yeah. this is the only roadmap I'm aware of Oh my God. Okay. So I'm curious about what you learned, like in your family of origin, in your hometown, 
like for me, I had a really unique take on being a homophobe, um, which is that instead of just, yeah, hot take, instead of all the regular stuff, which also existed, that it's just sort of like vaguely bad. My family wasn't religious, so there was no religious overtones to it, but it was just like, it was just wrong, you know, just wrong and bad. And so my dad was a therapist literally during the era that um, it was classified as a mental illness. So we also had that fun little layer of like it being this um, sort of, it's like a a sign of trauma and that you're broken and you need help. It was like the mental illness perspective. And so for me, the thought that like, and I mean, I still hear people talk about this, like, oh, you know, who would want to be trans when so many trans people are like killing themselves and mentally ill and homeless? Like, you guys have the correlation direction here backward because For it sure. is not the being of the trans that is causing this harm and leading to these outcomes. It is very, very, very much living in a culture that basically tells you you're not a person, you shouldn't exist. So I'm curious about that for you, yeah. like where we grew up, what did you learn initially? And then where did that like lead? I mean, I know you've mentioned the gateway drug thing, um, the analogy, yeah. which I think is fascinating. So yeah, go ahead. I mean, I am, I, I do think that it's hard to pinpoint like exactly what effect that environment had on me ultimately. Um, I do think like a lot of lost time. I look at the youth, the the queer youth today and I'm just, I see so much expression and exploration yeah. and rule breaking and liberation like at yeah. such an early age. And I go, man, oh man. I would have liked to have had a six-year-old boyfriend, not right. when I was six, you know, and yes. like a cute little moment of like bringing him a flower and uh-huh. going, it would, you know, like that would have been a really cute thing. So it's hard to, it's hard to, in the context of all of that today, know yeah. what, what, you know, what effect not having that might've had. I'm, I'm very lucky that I had people in my daily life that, you know, I had good buddies in high school who would talk about how cool it was that their favorite composers were gay and like, huh. would joke be, and be like, yeah, like, like, um, uh, like Mike Horsford and, and all of these yeah. friends, they're, they're like, oh, I guess, I, I mean, I'm sure this is tongue in cheek and I don't mean to rep- misrepresent, but this yeah. is what I heard sure. of like, Oh well, well, I'll never. I can never write a symphony like Mahler because I'm not gay. Um, and and like I, you know, so it had like to, a little pedestal, even little, if it was sort of little, like a cheeky carved I mean, out one. If there was anything, yeah, exactly. If there was anything like positive in that environment, yeah. but rather I mean to say that I was insulated by not really being afraid to do anything that would ruin my yeah. relationship with people. I never gave Amazing. a fuck about that and. And if I, and I, from my, my nuclear family, I also was taught that if like, if that did affect my relationship with someone, then they weren't, they didn't need to be in my life anyway. Right. Um, and, and so I was very, fr- I was free of that, but it was still just like, I didn't want to be, I just, I guess talking this out more, like it is just like, I really wish that I, at that stage in my life, I, just wish that I wasn't yeah it would have just been easier not to be yeah and you know I think I realized like only very recently would I say that if I'd had a magic wand to make me quote-unquote normal I would have taken it until like uh, probably only a couple of years ago 
Jesse, it's it's wild. And I think like even, yes, 100% agree with that. And I do think that there's still this thing within even the queer community of like, I don't know, we, like very thankful that our lives aren't hard, as hard as other members of the queer community too. And I, I yeah. think this is all kind of the same kind of like oh, yeah. outside noise stuff informing okay, well, I, I, I got over this, this hurdle socially and, and socioeconomically, like now it's done. The work's done. It yeah. doesn't matter that there's other people like, I still, fixed it. I, I did it. So it's <laughs> done, right. We're done. <laughs> so um, wait, so just to like, kind of cue into this, I, have dealt with an enormous amount of internalized homophobia that I had to unpack and I'm still unpacking and dealing with, but like, it sounds to me that you you had some because you had to have some, but it didn't impact you in the same way because there was nobody that you knew you would be like disappointing. Yeah. Or nobody who you were yeah. close to. I mean, honestly, I knew, I, I mean, I was, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, I was always kind of an asshole. And <laughs> like, so, so, you know, like, but charmingly and people got over it and that's how I felt about it like mm -hmm. yeah it might put a strain on some relationships for a minute but like I was very lucky that I felt comfortable to put the people I loved in that position because I knew that they would see it through yes absolutely like I knew at the end of the day and the journey for some has been longer than others but I, I really wasn't sweating it because I'm like, it's great. They'll get there. And for those who haven't, I'm like, I knew you wouldn't. So it's fine. Right. I'm not, I, 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 I wasn't afraid of it. I guess I was more just in, I was just bitter. I was just bitter that I had to come out. I was yeah. bitter that I had to talk to people about this of like, oh God, like I truly believe gay, queer people grow up twice. Mm. We grow up in as the person or mm -hmm. people that we know we're allowed to be or encouraged to be. And then we have to start almost from scratch at 19, yeah. learning how to be a person again. Yeah. Or, or, you know, your mid thirties. Or your mid thirties or your, I mean, could, Jesse, could yeah. you imagine in your fifties, you know, like the bravery that that takes yeah. and it's, it's always just so, I think that's, I was like, oh, fuck, I have to change everything about, I mean, pretty mm -hmm. much everything about my life now. Yeah. I mean, I still drink a lot of Mountain Dew, so that's like still kind of the same, sure. but so many things are different. So, it's not Code Red, it's Baja, go ahead. After. Of course, of course, Code yeah. Red. So, this is an era, people. If Mountain you Dew. didn't grow up in the exact same <laughs> couple of years we did, then you don't yeah. know about Code Red. And Miles, yep. Um, I feel like there's something about... The f this is what I, I sometimes feel guilty for struggling as much as I struggle in these spaces because I'm like, I have the best possible options here, right? Like I yeah. realize, you know, that's not exactly true, but there's, there, it's like the easiest it can freaking be. And I feel like that's what you're saying too, is like, even under the best case circumstances, the absolute most winning coming out story is like, no one's going to judge you. No one's going to reject you. You're not going to be homeless. You're not going to like, right. All of the things. Yep. And it still sucks that we have to answer questions and educate people. And, and then literally you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know what to tell you. I literally I just know. learned these words yesterday. So here's like, <laughs> 
here's the thing. I'm figuring it out. Please just go with it. But you can't just go with it. It can't just be this thing where it's like, I like, I like bugs. I'm into bugs and people go, okay, cool. You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm into women. And they're like, really, what is that like? But you really want to sleep with them? Like, yeah, well, yes. Yeah. And I, I think there's a fetishization of that too. You know, like the otherness of it, I think is, is, is also interesting for upstate at the time that we were growing up too, because it's not like there were no gay people, but they were certainly not a part of like the invitation to the party but like it's not like they weren't also like finding themselves or I don't know like and and we can circle back or maybe ditch this if this isn't going like in a direction but like it's not like people weren't going and meeting them romantically regarding their own their own like sexual status and things like that too so it was very like the known secret of yeah a certain house or a certain person yep. or a certain something like that I this is all say, I was Go gonna ahead. say there were there were even people in my high school who like way way after high school came out as gay and everyone just went makes total sense but like there was that sort of like not an open secret but everyone would have guessed you know yeah. like if we <laughs> had to vote we would have probably voted correctly but it just no it was almost like you would never it seemed like such a big deal that mm-hmm. you would never assume like, yeah. I mean, even you, okay. This is a really funny thing. Cause I feel like looking back. And for the record, we did vote and it was always the superlative that had to do with Broadway. It continued. <laughs> Best hair. <laughs> Most likely <laughs> to go on Broadway. Um, so even with you, this is like a really funny thing. So I met you in seventh grade. We dated as much as seventh graders date. We like held hands and, you know, had good conversations and, uh, everyone in my life who met you over the next between seventh grade and 18 probably made some kind of comment about like, seems like maybe could be gay. No. And I was like, I felt like I was defending you, which is like super homophobic bullshit. I was like, he's not crazy. But like, I mean, looking back also, that just shows how little exposure we had that it was like very reasonable to me that you were straight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How little exposure I had, I should say. I know you knew queer people. I did not. Well, at that time too, I I mean, I probably would have, thank you so much for telling that for like sticking up for me. Exactly. And that's how I saw it. And obviously that's problematic in so many ways, probably for both of us, but like also it was the, it was the era. It was just like, how dare you? Yeah. He is straight. He has a crush on me and also Britney Spears. (laughs) Yeah. I know know she wasn't your person, but I feel like that was such a a classic thing. No, t- for sure. Sarah Michelle Geller. There, oh, there um, you go. There's yours. Yep, we found it. Um, but yeah, but at the same breath, I'm kissing a guy and turning around and being like, "Thank you for sta- like, thank you for saying something." Yes. I can't yes. know what to do. If saying and do you know? I don't know what age we started talking about like the love is love thing, but I feel like it was maybe before you were ever out, and I still didn't put it yeah. together. Like sure. I remember us being like, I think it's more about the person than the gender. And I was like, makes total sense. You're just mm-hmm. a sensitive person who loves so whoever sensitive. you love. But I still would not have connected gay. And I remember it being such a shock. Do you remember coming out to me specifically? Do you have this I memory? Don't, 
Okay, I'm going to tell it to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I know that you had probably been out for a little while at that point, because I think what happened is I reached out to you and said, I hear you're gay now or something like that. Right. Can we talk great about opener. it? I'm By sure the way, I was great like, opener. <laughs> I'm sure I handled it very poorly because the rest of the story that I do remember all handled very poorly. So we meet at the Auburn Dadabas. We meet at a pizza shop and we get pizza. And I am this so pre, nervous. This has to be after high school, right? Like you had, it, had we graduated? I don't know. Maybe, okay. maybe, but it it's was right around that time. Before, yeah. Cause it was it like was, Christmassy time yeah. that like the, the things went down. Yes. So what I remember is I was so nervous going into this conversation with you. I was so anxious because you have to understand I had met at that point exactly one other gay person. Totally. And it was, do you remember Nijuan? I mean, whatever. It's a person who was so gay that like, you know, expressive wise, I remember meeting him in seventh grade where we met at that production. I remember leaving that place and he was black and I hadn't met a black person before. You should give everybody a lot of information about my hometown. Um, but I remember leaving and literally like the, the rug being pulled out of my reality, like, well, he seemed fine. And he's not only right. gay, but black, like all these things that I had sort of learned to distrust and be afraid of. And yeah. I was like, he just seemed like really nice. <laughs> anyway, so you were like the second person confirmed in the wild that was gay. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so I was visibly anxious and you comforted me, which is like the most problematic homophobia based shit ever. And I Ugh. said, I just can't believe it because I feel like you had a crush on me and we had this connection. Very mm -hmm. ego driven. This is about but, me. You being uh -huh. gay is about me. Let me ask some questions about it. You held my hand over pizza and you comforted me because I was hurt that you liked men. I I'm glad you don't remember this. I'm embarrassed so... to be sharing this with the world, but it's also like such a sweet story in some ways and such a horrifying one in others. Jesse, do you know how many stories where I come off much less kind and genuine <laughs> and empathetic that you could have shared and you chose, uh, this is the, I've never been that sweet. Oh this my God, is you so were. lovely. You well, literally I'm answered. Really I asked the dumb first time queer conversation questions, right? I'm like, yeah, no, so, Jesse, no like, one's the wife. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I don't think I got into that, but I was like, so do you like, like you want to sleep with men? And you were like, mm hmm. And I was like, okay, but like you want to date them too? And you were like, mm -hmm. like it was so basic, bitch. Yeah conversation and you were so patient and so kind and when I look back oh, and think about how I you comforted that. me and all the things I'm mad about now in my life where I'm like I shouldn't have to comfort someone over right you handled it with um a superhuman amount of grace I will uh, say well it was also really important for me to do that with the people that I really want like that I loved as well you know like and that's why I was talking about like with my nuclear family I just felt so like I feel I I just I I'm so because I, I never like held my mom's hand and was like you can ask questions yeah. I guess like I did with you and I just am like Ugh. but you can only be who you are when you can be like yes. you can only give what you can give and I do um, think it was months after you had officially come out that this happened because right. I had heard it somewhere and I was like reaching out sure. to be like I must have this confirmed in person yes I'll believe it when yeah. I see it 
Meet me at Dadabo's at two. Meet me at Dadabo's, guys. Dadabo's <laughs> was, uh, I think, both of our first jobs. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, my first job. It was a, a local pizza shop. Wait, we can you, both make you were the one in Elbridge, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With there Megan. were multiple. Yes. Ugh. Uh, uh, Dadabo's is still my favorite pizza. I still, like, crave it sometimes. Nobody makes it like yeah. Dadabo's. Anyway. So I wanted to share that. I was so curious when I was like writing my questions. I was like, I wonder if Davey has any recollection of this moment that was like so huge for me. It's so wild because I, I don't really have like a lot of, I, I have a lot of memories that I know happen, but I don't have a lot of first person memories about my coming out. Mm-hmm. Like very like, I, I now will always remember that from this moment forward, but I don't really, yeah, 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 yeah. you know? And so that, that's how I feel about coming out in general. Yeah. Like I really don't, can't remember anyone I sat down, maybe like, like one or two, but they were like gags of like, yeah. Hey, like, with like, um, I, there was a group of friends. Anyway, I kissed my then boyfriend, like randomly in front of like three people I knew would be cool with it. And it was like a, they're gay moment and every and like fun but yes. nothing like a serious like hey hey yeah. we need to talk yeah I have something to say so the reason I asked about when you came out to you is because I feel I just had like a, a session with my therapist where I realized the only reason I feel like I came out as bi to myself maybe around the time that we were hanging out in Syracuse so maybe like 18 19 because yeah. I remember saying that girl's hot. I'm into that girl. Like it was still nowhere in my like concept that I could actually date a woman. It was very much more like, well, I find them attractive, but I'm a straight person who finds them attractive. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it is. Um, all really interesting stuff around what you've said around like not having the vocabulary, the concepts fleshed out where you just, you can't see something until it's like really clarified in your mind. But coming out as non-binary, I realized Mm. I started using the word basically as soon as I heard the word and I was like, oh, it me, but I only used it to myself and I only used it in like casual conversations, which I think was a little bit more of like a socio-political value system move where I'm like, well, deal with it. You know, like I'm going to use these terms. Basically, as soon as I learned from someone who else who is non-binary, I was like, can you explain how you're trans? Cause you're non-binary. So you're not trans. And they were like, yeah. So no problem. Um, being non-binary is not what I was assigned at birth. So I transed to something else. I was like, oh no, it me too. It me too. <laughs> I was like, literally started using it, not because I wanted to or felt connected to it at first, but because it felt like the right thing to do that. I was like, the only reason I would not use the word trans for myself is because I didn't want to be identified with stuff that is like, you know, the bias out there. Right. So I was like, okay, great note to self, start using it everywhere I can, but I Mm -hmm. never did it for me. And I never, I almost feel like this is what I was saying to my therapist is like, I almost feel like I came out as an ally to myself. It was like, I was like, I'm going to be the person with all this random body privilege I was given to go and say, yep, I'm trans so that people have to deal with their shit. And that will be good for people who are trans. Do you still feel that way? No, not anymore. But it okay. was like very much where it came from. Yeah. And I, I used she, they pronouns for quite a while because I didn't want to bother anybody. I didn't want to um, make anyone uncomfortable or have to do any work. 
So yeah. I did that and I probably would have done that for a really long time, except that when I had to hand in my book bio, they're like, we need your official bio to go on the back of this book. And I had to choose pronouns. I was like, well, I know where this is going. Like I have yeah. known since I heard there were options that I'm going to be they, them, but like I had never made anyone use it before because I didn't want to be difficult. Right. So right. I put it in my bio and right. I send it in and I secretly come out to myself and then that's it. <laughs> my therapist didn't even know I had done this. She was like, oh, so you use they then now. I was like, oh, it's been a while, actually. She was like, I, I'm so sorry. The last time we it's talked. It's been a while did. and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, literally that. I was like, I came out to myself basically and was like, work done. Did it. Yeah. Because it's going to be on the book. It's going to be public. But like, I, yeah, it's taken me the last year or whatever since then to like, I mean, I'm only getting to a place now, I would say, where I'm like considering correcting people instead of just being like, yeah, use whatever. It's not correct. Yeah. But... Oh, so you, you don't correct people? I don't correct my family. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to start doing that. But it's also like one of those things where kind of like you did, I think I told my family, this is what I'm using now. And then I was done with the conversation. And I had no interest in explaining anymore. And then I was shocked when it didn't land. <laughs> shocked, I tell you. Hey, everything about our relationship has to be different now. Um, so I'm going to head out. And <laughs> I, well, I'll see you guys, I guess, for dinner on Thursday. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the, I feel like, but that's been such a thing is like the way that the concepts have evolved so unbelievably rapidly in the last like decade is I literally did not know that I was allowed to be this thing. Like you did not know yeah. you were allowed to be gay until pretty recently. And when I look back and we talk about like, I mean, I also get kind of jealous sometimes of the younger generations. Obviously it's incredible. It's so inspiring. It's I'm incredible. so excited for them, but I'm also like a little jealous because I think I have a lot of grief still around like, who would I have been all this time? If I had just mm -hmm. known non-binary people, if I had just known queer people from the jump, if yeah. that was just like an equal option presented. Well, two, I think it's also not fair for, you know, by like bi erasure is certainly something I'm sure that you, like you've talked a lot about as well, but you know, like uh, uh, there is this certain, oh, they're not, uh, they're bi, but when they're drunk or they're bi, but, uh, all all fe like uh female presenting people are yeah. or or like that that kind of thing so it like also kind of stifles your like your momentum on like getting going because you're i'm by yeah but uh, but are yeah. you buys a lie and like all of that absolute right shit. and i happen but to be partnered with a dude so it looks very much like i'm not and so i even though i came out to my family years ago I haven't had to live it. Like I haven't had to yeah. bring a woman home and just make everyone the most uncomfortable. So there is like a certain amount of privilege in that, but also like it gives me massive anxiety now because um, we, we have an open relationship and I had the thought, I had someone I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is going somewhere. Am I going to have to bring a girl to family dinner? Like I was freaking out and I was like, shit, man, yeah. this is a whole other level I haven't had to deal with yet. Mm -hmm. And do you, Damn I it. mean, do you like- it's one of, like you were just saying of, I know where this is headed. Like, do you feel like 
this you will be bringing sally's coming to dinner right. buckle up like I you don't think that feel that way necessarily it just depends on who i meet and how those relationships go yeah. but it definitely showed me i had always kind of felt like my ideal is like a boyfriend and a girlfriend um but it definitely showed me i was not ready for that i mean it brought up a lot of stuff that i had to like immediately start facing but also the bi erasure thing is interesting and I'm pretty femme presenting. So I'm like, do I shave my head again just to make people sort of understand? Like, right. But there's so much for um, someone who was assigned male at birth to sort of broadcast their non-binary or transness or gender fuckery with like, you know, you just put on a halter top and like everyone will understand that something's going on, right? Like, <laughs> so it's so unfit. It's go, I interrupted you. It's but so I'm just wild. saying, like, it's... I could wear like an entire suit and everyone would be like, get it, Hillary. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> put me in jail. Like, I'm like uh, the extreme I would have to go to to make people be like, ooh, something weird is happening here with gender is like <laughs> kind totally. of frustrating. Yeah. And it's uh, like, it'll, it's, it's that way for every, like, it's yeah. always that way. It's just, and, and that's, that's not me saying like, oh, it's always that way. That's what it is. It's just like, isn't it around every fucking corner? It's yeah. always male present. Like, yep. it's just always easier. And and I like, obviously I'm one to talk, but I, I just, it's just like, can't catch a fucking break yeah. around here. So something I'm really curious about then is when you came out officially, was it like, full on I get to be my authentic self now or like something I'm I'm just so interested in the the queer evolution like the identity evolution for so many queer people is really interesting what was that like for you from the moment of I'm officially out to like now right. yeah I mean I think it was a lot it had a lot to do with you know I, I was thinking a lot in preparation like in preparation to talking to my friend um <laughs> <laughs> but like I like it did have to do a lot with body stuff because in like jumping back to kind of that ramp up before of going and finding yourself into situations or with people that maybe you shouldn't have been or were less than like amazing humans you know I do feel like I put my own physical body into situations where mm. I wasn't treating myself with a lot of respect, whether it had to do with food or sex yeah. or drugs, you know? And I do think that that took up a lot of the time from like, you know, I certainly not broadcasting any kind of like big traumatic, like I, I feel very fortunate because I yeah. am not, an addict and I'm not you know I, I, I I'm very lucky um yeah. but it's not like she it's not like she didn't dabble and it was like 10 years of being in situations where I I don't I do feel like I was running away from a certain amount of femme acceptance in myself I was running away from a certain amount of um sexual acceptance in myself you know I'm not a hugger I don't like to be touched you know, like yeah, that's yeah. just a thing about me yeah. and, you know, kind of figuring out why and where that, that comes from. And with, I'm, I'm, I'm in a six year relationship now and we're very happy and I feel very lucky in that, but, you know, really not until having the, the prospects of long-term relationship, have I really kind of fallen into, mm. you know, I wore nail polish for the first time two years ago. I'm 36, you wow, know, but yeah, it, it, yeah. And, and, and I loved it. Of yeah. course I loved it. I put it on and I went, oh, 
look mm-hmm. at this you, like all the things everyone does when they yeah. put on nail polish or drag for the first time or yeah. that that kind of like you get to play this other character who yeah. is also you yeah and you know I I think that that's probably like a long-winded windy answer but I think that they are all very connected of like you like as queer people we kind of have to you know like we do it's easy to abuse ourselves for a little bit until we can get on the other side of something and look yeah. at ourselves and say you're a very normal boring person just like everyone else <laughs> in the most positive way yeah. in the most positive way you know so that's something i'd love to hear more about like your acceptance of the femme inside yourself because you were always pretty mask presenting yeah yeah like Again, I say, you know, you could have passed as straight, but I mean, whatever, people pick up on things. I don't know. But like, totally. I definitely saw you as a pretty straight presenting guy for most mm-hmm. of your young adult life, at least. So how has that I, shifted and like what led yeah. to it? I think, well, and that all stemmed a lot from, I think at that time too, you know, we're talking, this is 2005. Yeah. And, and you know, I felt, I still remember all things that I don't believe anymore, certainly, but at that time being very mad at them presenting gay men and being like, you're ruining it for me. You know, like I can't get married because you're wearing a scarf, you know, like just (laughs) stupid, stupid things. But at the, you know, but at the time, like I, yeah. that's where I was of yeah. like self-hating and and I will say that, that the message at that time was very much around like even in in like liberal progressive circles at the time it was like do what you want just do it in private just don't do put it, it in, in our face yeah exactly right I don't care what I don't care what you do just do yeah. it yeah do it at home that was and, a big message so it was and I really I clung on to that and I you know, it was the closest I could get to fitting in in that pocket of the world. But since then, you know, I've really, I've really realized for myself and, you know, and through seeing some amazing sociological evolution in our country and in our world happening as well, you know, like I, it's a big tent and not including everyone in it is important. And that includes like myself too. Um, And like, really it's sometimes, you know, as sexy to like sit on a chaise lounge with a silk kimono and be alluring than it is to like muscle over like a computer screen and like you know like there's like there and it is I I think it is being more sexually aware for myself too that led I'm like I am kind of feminine in my sexuality and so letting that out more um has allowed me to bring that into my everyday life and so you know I am much more queer and I am much more unapologetic about it and I, I I mean I'm not a I I'm not femme in, in yeah. any real way, but I I'm not afraid to be that anymore if I wanted to be. I just happen yes. to like not want to present that way. But yeah. if I did, I'd be very happy about it. And that I can't say that was the case 10 years ago for myself. Totally. I get that completely. So I want to go back to this thing with the gateway drug and the unsavory character. So could you tell me the analogy that you used when we chatted about this for like 
back in the day who you kind of were forced to communicate and hang out with as a closeted gay person? Yeah, for sure. And, and correct me if I'm leading down the wrong, the wrong path here, but it's like, for me, the analogy is being in this world of dark rooms and back rooms and like where everyone, all the sneaky people go, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of the same equivalency to me of like labeling marijuana as a gateway drug because you have to associate with drug dealers. To yeah, you get had marijuana. to. In at the you again, off the air, to. you had to. You don't anymore. So, you can go to a really beautiful little shop and buy weed. But like at the time curate your perfect your perfect high where yeah. your face didn't melt off your face. Where we grew up, you had to buy weed in some shady dudes like back of the car in the middle of a cornfield. And it definitely did not help anyone become better people and it wasn't no the way weed. <laughs> and it wasn't the weed yeah it was the access to the oh it's weed today but it's something else tomorrow because you're in the room and yep. all of these hot gay people are doing the thing and I want to be hot gay people and oh, so man. you know but it's it's like not a revolutionary thought that like drugs seem cool at the time yeah, yeah. And still can are. but like you know like and so, and so for me that I really picked up on that, on that kind of like, well, if I need to, if I'm forced to be in these communities, then I guess then these are the people that I'm reflecting or I, right. or that I am allowed to become or mm. allowed to become associated with. Yeah. And, you know, not, not to the extreme, but enough to where I probably missed out on some really meaningful friendships and some mm. really valuable evolution in ways that didn't put me in risk or others in risk and also treated my body with more respect that it deserved of not letting people around it or in contact with it that didn't deserve it. It feels very much like, you know, the, the sort of primal part of our brain that says like, we're always looking to find out where we belong in our community. And if all of our community says, this is where you belong, you start to believe it. Yep. And at that time, and I'm sure in pockets of the U.S. still completely the same, but a lot of things have shifted. Um, like at that time, that was the going assumption. This is where you belong. You. Yeah. 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 Did I? Did ever you t- ever fall into that? Sorry. Oh, that's OK. Um. So n- no, because um. I mean, I. Th- because my own internalized homophobia and all transphobia, all the things, I feel like I just skated by on privilege. Like I looked, gotcha. I seemed straight enough and being bi, it's like, well, I can always just choose the easier path. I actually have um, experienced feelings of jealousy for gay folks who I'm like, <laughs> this is like a super fucked up thing to say, but I fully own it is like, there's almost the, um, you can't, you can't stay in the closet. Like there's only one option for you. So you come out Mm -hmm. and you do it loud and proud. And I feel like as a bi person, it's like, well, you literally never have to, if you could just kind (laughs) of lean one way instead of the other, like you just never have to. And I think that's what I was doing for so long that, um, like when I started dating women, it was very much, um, I felt like a kid, like, like I Mm -hmm. felt like an idiotic child who didn't know what they liked and didn't know, you know, so I went on a lot of dates and like had a lot of experiences with women where I was like, 
I can't tell if I like you or not because my normal sensibility of what I like and don't like is just like offline. It's just never been developed. Yeah. You know, I've been crushing on boys since as long as I can remember. And obviously I yeah. had been crushing on girls too, but I never categorized it that way. So it was like getting to know a whole ass new language. And um, even though I think I probably had a lot of, like I probably dated some people longer than I maybe should have because ultimately they weren't really for me. And I just didn't know that because I was like, woman, interested, go, you know, like, mm -hmm. but you know, it was so different for me because it was later, later, later in life. Yeah, gotcha. But also I wanted to ask because I think that that experience really shines a light on how um, it, how much has changed really. I mean, how, how long, how old are we? Was it been like, who are you? 20 years basically since you came out-ish? 18? I remember when all of this was orange groves. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, 18. Yeah, uh, eight. Yes, 20. Yes, it'll be. It's 18 years ago. So you have been out as long as you were. Not. <gasps> That's so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. I just. I what love a hot it. Take. I just oh I just gosh. realized. Yeah. Next year. You're halfway. Oh, yeah. Next year will be the first year that I was out more than I was in. Oh, my God. That's cool. That so, is cool. But like, think about the last 18 years and how much has changed. And and tell me yeah. a little bit about your experience of this, of like where we grew up, how we grew up. I don't know how people are growing up. I don't know any teenagers, barely. You right. know, like I very rarely get to talk to someone of the youngest generation, but I'm on TikTok. So I sort of get a vague sense of what's going on. Um, sure. like, tell me about what you see having shifted and how that impacts people. Man, I think I'm very much similar that I don't really have a lot of outlets. My, my older sister just had her, her first baby, Joni. Yeah. And, um, but you know, I don't really see a lot of, I don't really see a lot of this younger generation in, in, in like um, a, a primary source way, yeah. but similarly, I think just in terms of like the 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 disinterest in accepting things that are not altruistically responsible, I think is yeah. a big thing, and I think that that has to do a lot with queer revolution in yeah. embodied within them. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're not putting up with no. You ask for their pronouns, like you know, I have a lot of friends who babysit and they're like, no, you know, like if someone mis is misgendered, they're the ones to step up and correct. No, she's, she, them, not he, she, or, yeah. you know, like having a voice in that way, I think is so inspiring yeah. and so sweet. Um, I think that there's a lot less, it's very, I don't know, like, I feel like our struggles are very much appreciated, I'm sure, but also just pretty boring to them at this sure, point. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, it's, we did it. We're going, let's boogie. Yeah. And whether that's true or not, I think is yet to be seen. And it'll be yeah. interesting to see what kind of baton that they pick up. Um, they definitely, just, go ahead. We also benefit from their insistence on vocabulary and pronouns. And I think that, you know, we, as as I think I saw something we're like elder millennials it's the the term yeah, is, we're on the edge the term is not for me <laughs> um but <laughs> but um 
the because we are millennials like to I'm not going to sit here and be like we did everything because that's yeah, yeah. also not true either mm -hmm. you know like but I think we're benefiting from their interest in like yeah revolutionizing the way that we see ourselves no matter what generation like you can be a gen y and still yeah. cash in on the bravery of the people who are younger than us right now and I cut you off no, no, that's okay. I feel like it, it's the kind of thing of like, if a little kid learns two languages, they just learn two languages. Like it's not an issue. Yeah. They don't sit around and study two languages. They just know them now. If like a high schooler learns two languages, they have to learn them and have to go through the vocabulary and all of the like, you know, conjugations and all the thing. I feel like when I go to a really uh, bitter or griefy daydreamy place, it's like, who would I have been? If it was mm -hmm. already by the time I was like little, little, all of this was part of my vocabulary. Like I already spoke queer. Yeah. You know all the things now, but you're. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just can't even imagine. It's such a foreign concept. And of course, for them, it's such a foreign concept that we would be like, oh, I'm not going to let anybody know until I'm in my 30s. Like I get it. Uh -huh. It's not connective for them because they're like, yeah, dude, like we looked at the binary and went, it eh, doesn't make sense. Bye. Mm -hmm. Like it's Bye. Not complicated for them. But then I also can look at like the, you know, older generations and be like, they don't understand what the F we're doing. Like, they're like, why must you be so difficult? I don't get these pronouns, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Very same, same vibes of you're ruining it for me. Like it's the same yeah. kind of th thought, just like in a different, in a different suit. Totally. So daydream with me for a moment. Yeah. Imagine with me for a moment. Who would you be or who would you have been if all of the current understanding of this stuff was just your like native tongue? I think I would have been married by now. Like really? I would have been married. I think I would have been married at 20. You think you would have had a young romance? I think I would have had a young romance. I'm such. I would you be divorced by now also then? Third marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 um, I was just watching the queer ultimatum and Drew and oh I were talking about it and we were God. like because he kept being like is this really the best representation and I was like Drew the you're missing the point the freedom and joy of this show is that we get to have bad representation now okay yeah exactly <laughs> we are there it's yeah, not like, all it's not all academy awards baby yeah. now we're on we're on Netflix <laughs> okay so I, mean, I, I do think I would have like I would have probably had a much more traditional I would have probably had, oh God, I, if I'm being honest, like, I, I don't love this for me, but I probably would have had a much more traditional life than, than otherwise. Like I'm a, yeah. I'm a complete hopeless romantic. Like yeah. I do believe in true love and I feel like I would have just done the picket fence. And yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have been that unhappy with it. I mean, I would have moved out of Auburn obviously, but yeah. like, or, but I don't think I, I think I probably would have like been like, I'm getting out of here, baby. And then I yeah. would have moved two towns over and I would have like had the exact same house I had when I grew up. Like, I don't think it would have been, <laughs> I wouldn't have had to like move to Miami yeah. and like do the, like do the whole, the whole reevaluation, yeah. you know, I might be proximity. I'm very close to my family, but mm -hmm. maybe we would be in closer proximity. Like, I just yeah. think things would have been much more story. I mean, probably not life happens in ways that we don't know and, and everything but like I don't know I part of me kind of thinks that it would be a little bit simpler and more storybooky yeah. if I if if I had just like 
done that. I don't know if the people yeah. in my life, do you, do you think I would have done that? Like, do you think I that could totally sense? see that? Yeah. Well, because I think it really speaks to the idea that like, you can be drawn to like trad life, like traditional, you know, whatever conservative American home values, you can be drawn to that. But when you're queer, you have to like become a revolutionary and go against, you know, you have to like go everything fight has to everything and relearn. <laughs> like it's a whole thing. If you didn't have to do that, you could have just gone into trad life with a dude and it would have been the end of the story. Yeah. I totally selling insurance. <laughs> I think I still would have not stayed in my hometown slash uh, still gone and been a revolutionary in a bunch of ways. But I can also say that like the, um, I think the feeling of wrongness that I felt that led all of those things, mm. the feeling of not belonging, the feeling of being different, like all of those things, it's just, it's almost like an impo it's like sci-fi to imagine how I would have existed it, because it's such a fundamental part of my experience as a person. Yeah. Yeah, truly. And I, I do think that we're, I mean, I, I, I don't think, I think I'm an optimist as well by nature. Like I, I do think that everyone is and was and will try their best to be yeah. their best person too. So all of that is in those frames for me of like every like everything would have gone right, just like it's already gone right, except yeah. it's been hard in some ways. And, <laughs> totally. You know, so I'm, and it's not it's necessarily all... a helpful thought experiment. It's just something that I think is so interesting because I know mm -hmm. that like there is these major disconnects between generations and we really can't understand each other. And like, just to put yourself in the mindset of like, what if that was, what if that was what I was raised on? Like in both yeah. generations, older and younger, you know? Totally. I think we all just want simpler things than maybe we like on the other side of the, the adrenaline and the like, um, adolescent journey. I, I do think that we end up wanting simpler things than we thought we did. Yeah. And it's not just cause we're tired and our knees hurt. <laughs> it's also like, you know, real, real connection is really hard to come by. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think that this is on, a, uh, in terms of like the queer conversation, something that you're looking for longer than, yeah. than you have other places. And once you, once you get there, you're like, oh man, if I, if I had, if I could have done it over, maybe yeah. I would have tried just to like get here quicker. Totally. Kind of so I have a really random question because, um, as a bi femme, I had a lot of experiences that I remember. Of course, this is the kind of thing too, where I'm like, I bet none of these people remember these moments, but they're burned in my memory because I wanted to kiss them so bad. Uh -huh. And I was so excited that it might happen. So yeah. basically I have like a hundred stories of some beautiful girl being like, mm -hmm. oh my God, what if we made out? And me being like, I would, I think we should, I would like to do that with you now. <laughs> Please You're let's like, do that, that now. Crazy yeah. we did that right now? <laughs> and then they would do the thing and it would just be like this teasy thing of like, oh my God, it would be crazy. Like what would people say, you know? Okay. Uh -huh. So most of us never did. I look back, I remember every single person and now on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and wherever, a lot of them are queer. So I'm oh, yeah. curious because I know this is part of like the femme experience in particular yes. um, is like, there's just a lot more acceptance around what they might've said back then way before they were ever ready. Like, I don't think a lot of guys go around being like, what if we made out? So I'm curious, do you yeah. have stories like that as well of people who you've like seen come out later and been like, I knew it was a vibe. 
I knew it was you. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, there, and we love them. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Yeah. I, there's some people from Elbridge that I adore and love, and we were fortunate enough to be close to them, and they are now very out and proud and authentically themselves. And at the time, it's all it's all in this coded conversation of like what you can say in high school. Uh-huh. Of like, That's exactly what I think is so interesting it's, about. It's always the, I, I love the person. I don't love the, but like yeah. that is, that is always like you called me out on, but I'm just now remembering how many times I've heard that from people that now I'm like, yeah. she gay. Yep, she queer. exactly. Yep. And, yep. And, and it's so funny to see that now and amazing. It's also fun to see your tribe, like your community who blossomed into, into yes. a queer person, yes. you know, and, and seeing them be like, ah, oh. I mean, obviously like any other group, like if you're a sports fan and you're still, you find out someone loves your team as well. It, it's, it, it can be as simple as that. Yeah. And I'm not belittling the connection we share as queer people to like a fandom. Sure. Well, but, you and I are both very big sports fans. So obviously that is something we should be talking I, about. I here. don't want to go down that path because <laughs> I, I'm going to listen. The points are going to win themselves. And as long as you, <laughs> I don't oh, cancel. Um, but I, it's just, it's really wild to see like the community that sprung yeah. up there. I also think we went to, I talk about this with, with Dia a lot and Kelsey, I feel like we had a lot of really talented people, like really yeah. special, talented indi- artists yeah. where we grew up, uh, almost seemingly by accident, but mm-hmm. obviously not because it was, can't be a coincidence yeah. that like so many people were so incredibly talented where we grew up. Yeah. So and- anyone listening, we were both in theater music right like there was a lot of that space and we had both high schools incredibly talented people really great like teachers and directors there was a lot of it and a lot of them have gone on to do really amazing things in those spaces yeah and I remember your high school too Jess like it was like a Jordan Elbridge musical was a big deal (laughs) our high school was so small Jordan Elbridge we had to put two towns together to make one high school all 12 of them, were dope. all 12 people in the school were in the musical every year. And for some reason they could all sing and dance. It was insane. <laughs> That's but hilarious. like, you know, like for so much non-queer culture and for like, for me, that was the queer culture. Like yeah. that was the, yeah. the stuff that was happening up there was in the community. Like that's the only place Yeah, you could maybe touch a guy if you were a guy, you know, like. <laughs> You know, the right, right. One of the uh, big reasons when I left theater, it was like a really difficult decision because it had been the only thing I ever wanted to do. I went to college for it, but then I was a college dropout and I was still pursuing it. And I was like, there's so many ways to pursue it. I was living in New York City, but I just wasn't finding myself doing those things. And when I discovered fitness and I started to get into it and I was like, okay, I need to like kind of pick a direction for my life here and invest in something. I had a really hard time giving up theater, but what I ultimately realized was it wasn't doing theater that I loved. It was being around mm. theater kids. It was the right. community of freaking weirdos. And honestly, looking back, queer people that made me feel like I belonged. It wasn't the singing and the dancing and the doing the thing on the stage. Yeah, like, it totally. But I didn't know that. I was like, I love theater. It's the only place I feel like I belong. Yeah. Among it, queer I, people. 
Because it was, yeah, and that was that was definitely the safe space of yeah. of any, and I'm sure still is in those parts of the country to this sure. day as well. You know, I, I, it's not all it's not all easy for queer youth and in, in totally in, or trans. My God, right now. Okay, so that leads to like the last big question I wanted to ask. Wild. So, it is a weird dichotomy right now because at the yeah. same time that we have like the progression of gender and sexuality for the younger generations being so like liberated and easy and chill and intuitive. We also have like the biggest push toward like taking away trans and queer rights, you know, really putting people back in the closet essentially. And of course this is like a political divide. Um, yeah. But I am curious, like what you make of all that, like how do you hold and process all of that weird like conflict of what's going on? Uh, I, I, for all of it for me is, really I've been caught with my pants down a few times over the last few years of like this couldn't possibly happen and then Roe v Wade is overturned yeah, same, or this couldn't possibly same. happen I, and, absolutely and same so in a state of shock but I don't think that that's very helpful to the future of our yeah. republic to sit around and be shocked and so yeah. you know I, I it is it is scary for me I feel like maybe we're we're falling prey to some of the strategic they themness mm. no pun intended certainly there that mm -hmm. they, that the the people who hold the purse are putting us against each other yeah. for like i really don't believe that if you were to pull the entire country that even a fraction of the majority even a fraction of a fraction yeah. like really believe these things in that way and, and there are mm. polls that show that as well yeah. so i think it's one of those things where i'm like i i do believe that it is a money getting the money out of the political system is all part of like the restoration of yeah, an authentic yeah, yeah. democracy and and i don't th i don't think the two are separate you know like it's not a it's not a coincidence that like there's not a lot of corporate sponsorships for pride this year when last year it was like twix wants yeah. you to be gay yeah you know and, and now they're uh, too mad about the gay m m's and god knows exactly that sexy green m m everyone wants to fuck apparently <laughs> like like it's it, i i i don't i see very straight line towards yeah. that and so i'm very disinterested by this but my disinterest not in the sense that I am not eager to do my part in whatever I can do, but disinterested in this like battle between Republicans or Democrats yeah, or totally. liberals or progressives or th this whole like infighting that we're doing, like kind of missing the forest for the trees here. Yeah. And I really hope that, I mean, I, I really, it is an emergency. There's, there is a state of emergency yeah. for trans youth in America right now. And, um, certainly giving to the organizations that yeah. people want to give to, I think is really valuable, but I, I, I'm curious to know how we solve that problem yeah. uh, as well, because, um, this isn't normal, like these things aren't normal. Other countries right. have figured this out. And, yep. um, I live in San Francisco right now and there's, you know, it's kind of a hotbed for, this conversation in a lot of ways, you yeah, know, there's a big, big evolution since COVID and like the city has really evolved and, and really um, a lot of people have left, which has left kind of gaps in the community of interest that have been filled with, huh. with problematic 
um, either leadership or Ooh. like housing issues. Wow. Um, so it's just all really interesting to see these things in real time too. And, and I, I bet where you are and I bet where your listeners are too, like you can, you can see these things happening yeah. and these changes occurring and like, um, I will say that Asheville, North Carolina is like the queerest. (laughs) Like, oh, that's great. It's uh, very much the bluest city in the reddest state. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, it's the worst and the best at the same time. But I will say that I think, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, but I think that one of the really interesting things is if you examine the language being used right now against trans folks and trans kids, it is the same exact language 30 years ago being used against gay people. And it almost feels like, okay, so in 30 years, we went, oh, whoop, nope, sorry about that. Everything's fine here. You can do that. It's normal and healthy and uh, valid. We are sorry about that. That's our bad. Uh, However, trans people, and it's like exactly the same. It's like the same thing you were saying about, you know, unsavory characters. And it's like, there's this idea that because of the the consequences essentially of living in a transphobic culture that you hold that against the trans individuals and say, well, see, these things are bad. And it's all the literal same rhetoric. And it almost feels like they just need someone to oppress and they ran out because gay people became okay, you know? And they were like, well, if we're going to do that, we need someone else. And so, I mean, obviously things have shifted a lot and trans people have become a lot more visible, but it's really interesting just to see it's like identical language being used. Yeah. And well, it's the, they have one playbook and they play it and we're the suckers. They're here to get your children. That's basically the playbook. It's always the same. Don't let them near your kids. We're protecting the kids. Exactly. When statistically you are much more likely to be a to be assaulted by a Republican senator than you are. Oh by my a God. In a restroom. Or a fucking Catholic priest or whatever. Like, Jesus. The people who are, they're always telling on themselves. Anyway. um, Okay. Davey, <laughs> this conversation was the most fun. Is there anything that I haven't asked yet that you want to talk about before we finish up? How's no, pride going? No. Pride's going great. I are you proud? So to be, I'm proud. It's so nice to be an SF for pride as well, because everyone here is just so fucking weird. Like, <laughs> it's like, do you remember the first time we went to I'm San Francisco gonna... together? And on our first day, we ran into like a leather kink parade Jessie, or something. Jesse, we were here for Folsom. Folsom. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That was it. That was, our first afternoon. We which were like, is, so is San Francisco just gay men in thongs? We are confused. Having <laughs> full sex on the street. And we're like 18 and we're like, yeah <laughs> yes. they're like boy we're traveling both- is really eye-opening <laughs> and also like i don't think we were i mean i wasn't mature enough so i think we were both also like trying really hard not to make direct eye contact with each other at the time as well Probably, and yeah. it was it was like uh are we going to the hotel now yeah this was very fun and, and educational and uh <laughs> six o'clock time for bed <laughs> time to go That's so yes funny. i do and we we walked up to koi tower and we both had moment we both um kept yelling at the hills because there were so many of them oh my god yes had delirious i love san fran i love that you're there it was one of my favorite cities i ever spent time in if it wasn't like absurdly expensive i would have gone back honestly truly uh yeah and and, but it's it's really vibrant and, and delightful and people for pride are like just so happy and authentically eager to be sharing space. They were with also each other. like the literal first city to ever 
see progress, right? I mean, they're like the furthest you can be as a cultural point on our yeah. map. And you feel it. You definitely feel yeah. it. And you take it for granted sometimes. And so that's why it's re- it's really important to like keep an eye on what's happening with trans youth and stuff. Because yeah. I, I do think that San Francisco is lucky because there's a lot of people who are very interested in continuing right, right. to do the work. But there's also a lot of communities where maybe gay men could uh, remember that there's still other yeah. people left in the, in the tent mm. that... Um, that's so interesting. That also through. makes me think. So my dad loves to talk about how he like marched with MLK. I don't know how true this story is or not. I don't know how metaphorical sure. it is or not. But like he loves he to did, talk. But about it was it. Marty Lewis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was not on the same day he marched, but definitely the same bridge. Um, but anyway, I feel like what what happens is almost like he gets mad that we're still fighting about racism now because he feels like he solved it. He's he like offended it. that we're still fighting racism it. because he's like, I was a part of the movement. We fixed it. You know, like, I do think there is something to that for the older queer generations too, that yeah. it's like, it's easy to be like, we can literally get married. Like mm-hmm. we did it, but yeah. we didn't did it because it's a constant, it's a constant. Because our rights are continuing yeah. to be stripped yeah. away from us today in 2023. Yeah. Okay, David, this was so fun. Uh, do you want to tell people where to find you or should they just not find you? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, I'm just not, um, no, no, don't find no, me. No, don't find him. No. I'm invisible. I'm um, invisible. Reach out to, honestly, I love you so much. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. It was, it was so nice talking to you. I hope I hope this was a good conversation for you too. This was I, the best conversation. I've never I been more so nervous much. to talk to a dear oh dear my friend. God. I was like, <laughs> what? No, this was so fun. <laughs> like I hope I don't say anything bad. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Everyone who's listening, you know where to find me, jessineeland.com, uh, at jessineeland on all the socials and YouTube and all the things. And thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week. 